Hey everyone, it's Jeff from MCS Mag, and one of the things that we're constantly battling in the combatives industry is the disconnect between martial arts, reality-based self-defense that could work in a real street fight, and even fighting myths that have been blown up proportion by Hollywood and the action movies that we all love to watch. But sometimes there really is a common thread that runs through all three, and that's what I think you're going to discover in this week's broadcast. Check it out now. bullets were flying, your adrenaline surging, would you hit your target? If the world as you know it crumbled tomorrow, collapsed into chaos, would you know how to survive? If you and those you loved were cornered by a gang, violently attacked, could you protect them? Could you protect them? Could you protect them? Tactical firearms training, urban survival, close quarters combat. This, this is another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. This is Modern Combat and Survival. Criminals aren't as stupid as we'd like to think that they are. Their goal isn't to approach you from across the street and give you all that reaction time that you're looking for to run or get in your car to escape or draw a gun and shoot them center mass. They'll lie in wait behind the car next to yours in the parking lot, approach you when you're pumping gas, putting groceries in your car, or use any number of other street tricks to get up close and personal in the space of a phone booth. Now, at that close quarters distance, you're easily surprised, intimidated, and at the mercy of the predator who's about to make you his next victim. Or are you? While most martial arts train for various fighting distances, from kicking range to punching range, your most devastating strikes are going to be when you're right up in that bad breath zone of your attacker, but only if you know which strikes work best and how to use them quickly and brutally to destroy that giant thug in front of you before he even knows what hit him. Now, you don't have to be big and strong to launch this kind of an attack. In fact, one of the greatest fighters to ever live was only five foot seven and 141 pounds soaking wet. And his own personal street fighting tactics are what we're here to learn from today. Hello everyone, this is Jeff Anderson, editor for Modern Combat Survival Magazine with another podcast to help you better prepare for any threat you may face in your role as a protector and a patriot. Now, the master fighter that we're referring to here is the one and only Bruce Lee. But far from just being a fancy martial art designed for Hollywood, Lee's creation of his fighting system, Jeet Kune Do, has a lot to offer anyone who's looking to know how to defend yourself, even from a much bigger and stronger attacker. And with us today is someone who has been a big force in showing everyday Joes and Janes how to use JKD tactics to survive a real street attack, Matt Numrich. Matt, welcome to the program, man. Hey, Jeff. Thanks for having me on. I appreciate it. Good to have you on here. I've been looking forward to this. Now, um, I'm a big fan of, of Bruce Lee's work, but I think a lot of people really don't understand, you know, kind of the, the actual application of it. So I'm looking forward to getting in this. Now, listen, everyone, Matt is one of only a handful of fully certified instructors in Bruce Lee's art of Jeet Kune Do, which is currently used by over 100 state and federal law enforcement agencies. Now, he's the author and creator of The Complete JKD Street Fighter, a book and video course that explains how to use Bruce Lee's self-defense secrets for surviving a real street attack. In addition, Matt is recognized as a local media resource in areas of self-defense, counterterrorism for civilians. He's been published in several national and international self-defense magazines, such as Black Belt, Budo UK, Martial Arts Digest, and others. And for more information about Matt and his training, please visit his website at www.jkdstreetfighter.com. 
Now, Matt, there are so many different fighting systems out there. There's so many different combat systems, and everybody kind of saying that they're they're better than one or the other. So what is it about Bruce Lee's Jeet Kune Do that makes it so powerful to defend against a real attack in the street? Well, I mean, I think that's a great question to kind of start off with because you have to take a look at, you know, once again, when you're preparing for a real-life altercation, you don't know what's going to happen. I mean, it's just it's, it's plain and simple like that, you know. So as far as those guys who, whether it be get on YouTube or get on the net and just say, hey, listen, all I have to do is just do this and this, the problem is we don't know exactly how uh, the opponent's going to attack you. And so what's really important is you make sure that you have a system that, is not only effective, not only efficient, but is effective and efficient based in all five areas of self-defense. And pretty much there's just five of them. There's kickboxing range, uh, close quarters combat, ground fighting is the third one, weapons defense is the fourth, and then last but not least is multiple opponents or what I have referred to as mass attack. So that's what it really comes down to is, and I think that's where Bruce you know, really set so many people off on the right path was making sure they first understood that there's just not one kind of finding, is that there's multiple forms of fighting in those multiple kind of ranges. Yeah. Now, one of the areas that I really like watching him work and, and, and seeing your techniques that you put out there as well is in that close quarters combat range. And I know you cover all the ranges of fighting in your DVD and, and Street Fighter, the JKD Street Fighter, and and specifically the best hacks within those ranges, but let's really focus in on on the close quarters combat range. That's the area that I really like to focus in on. And one of those techniques that we talk about is trapping. And trapping is a technique that I think can be really powerful in that range, especially if your attacker is armed with a weapon. So can you explain what exactly trapping is and what's a simple way that someone can use this technique to their advantage in a close quarters combat self-defense scenario? Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, I think the first thing that needs to happen is you need to make a distinction because a lot of people get confused. There's what we call formal trapping, and there's also what's called more or less kind of trapping range. And, you know, Bruce made a distinction between those as well. The first thing that I'd like to point on out is that there's a difference between the range and actual technique. When you talk about trapping range, all you're talking about is close quarters combat. So I want to make sure that all the listeners are kind of on the same page as far as that goes. But when you talk about actual trapping as far as being a technique, we're really referring to is is isolating uh, the attacker's arm and or limb in order for you to get into that close range so we can use those more ballistic tools. Um, and so, you know, in order to really do that, what you need to do is, is simply use one arm to go ahead and isolate or push down your opponent's arm towards their body so we can go ahead and start launching our own attack as well. So once a person has gone ahead and, let's say, had their one main punching arm or punching hand kind of isolated, then we can go ahead and we can do damage by launching those close quarter uh, kind of techniques. Yeah, and I, what I like about this this technique, and it's not just one technique. I realize there's a whole bunch of stuff that goes along with this, but very simply, even if they're armed, it doesn't matter whether they're armed or if they've got a knife or or you know anything like that. Um, what I like about this technique, even when you're armed, like with a knife, to right. being able to just slap down their hands. I, I mean. We talk about gaining an opportunity to be able to get to a target. If somebody has their hands up or if they've got a knife in front of them or something like that, even just simply slapping that down, which is unexpected on their part, opens up that center line, opens up you know, so many different targets for you. And it can happen in a split second, but whether you're armed with a knife or whether you're going to strike to their face, even just simply pulling down on their hands very quickly, striking down like that, 
doesn't always just trap it. It's not like you're going to grab onto that and hold on to it. Right. But even just something as simple as that, which anybody can do, and that's what I like about it, it's that a lot of these techniques are so simple, really anybody can do. And I think that's one of the biggest travesties that people think you've got to be Bruce Lee to use these types of techniques when really his, you know, one of his biggest, you know, his most powerful things was that it was in the simplicity of something. So I think that's where it really, it really does kind of, you know, draw a distinction with a lot of different other more complicated martial arts that are out there. Absolutely, absolutely. I mean, and, and, just, and just to kind of add on to that, I mean, you have to understand that when you go ahead and you start putting on your attack, your counterattack, you know, a person is going to naturally throw up those hands in order to protect themselves. And just like you said, it's so important if, you know, if you, you know, if your goal is to hit those targets, um, let's just say the face, of, you know, at, you know, just as an example, you need to get that person's hand out of the way as an obstacle. Once we get that obstacle out of the way, then we can go ahead and start hitting them, which is very, very simplistic, direct kinds of tools. Yeah. Okay, we've been talking with Matt Nurmich of JKDStreetFighter.com about how to use some of the same tactics taught by Bruce Lee and apply them to a real street attack. And we're about to get into some simple ways that you can use these secrets yourself, including the legend of the one-inch punch and what it means to your close-quarter striking abilities. What to do when an attacker locks you up in grappling range and grabbing onto you and trying to slam you to the ground. And the best way to train with these tactics, even if you don't have access to a local combative school that can offer you the advantages of a JKD instructor. But first, check out this special message. Imagine staring up at a six foot nine, 350 pound biker dude, rage in his eyes ready to cram a beer bottle down your throat as payback for bumping into him. Would you know exactly what to do without cowering in fear, without begging for mercy, without getting stomped to the floor and beaten while your family watches in horror? You will now with this simple three-step plan. One, don't take your family to biker bars. That's really kind of stupid, isn't it? Two, harden your mind with bulletproof warrior confidence. And three, master your own secret bag of shockingly powerful fight tricks. Waiting for you and your free DVD you can claim now at DefeatLargerAttackers.com. In a real fight, you don't have the option of losing. Not when your life or the safety of your family hiding behind you is on the line. You need to know exactly what to do in those first few seconds of an attack and end it quickly and walk away with your life, your loved ones, and your pride intact. In this free DVD, you'll discover the street fighting secrets for how to knock a bigger, stronger man head first into the pavement with brutal, unstoppable power and speed regardless of your size, strength, or even if you've never been in a fight before in your life. Claim your free DVD now while this offer is still available at www.defeatlargerattackers.com and unleash your true potential to kick ass. And now, back to the show. Okay, we're back with Matt Numrich of JKDStreetFighter.com to talk about how to use the fighting secrets of Bruce Lee in your own self-protection plan for dealing with a real hand-to-hand street attack. We've got a lot more to cover, and this is where we really get into some specific techniques more. So let's jump back in. Now, Matt, Bruce Lee is famous for his one-inch punch, and I'm not expecting you to make our listeners all masters of this legendary strike. But the reality of a close-quarters attack is that you don't have much room to generate enough force to actually do like fight-stopping damage to an attacker. At least in your mind, you don't. But 
but I think there's some reality of what you can do in there. So what's a good example of a powerful JKD strike that will cause some serious effects, but can still be pulled off in that in that tight space without having to like rear back all the way for that haymaker punch that most people are used to. Well, I mean, I you know, we don't want to do is I'm going to go ahead. I'm going to piggyback right off of what we were talking about when it comes down to trapping everything like that. I think a lot of people. Uh, and, you know, it, you know, especially experts and instructors in my position, when it poses the question that you just asked, they would say something like an elbow strike or a knee strike. And you know what? Those are very, very valuable kinds of tools uh, that not only I teach, but I would really advise people to use. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to answer by just saying that, first of all, you have to understand when you're going ahead and you're in an altercation, a lot of times our limbs are interlinked with the opponent's arms because, you know, once again, people are trying to go ahead and get a hold of somebody to try and throw a punch and yeah, just, you know, any any number of those things. Therefore, really the main answer that I would give is is just a straightforward headbutt using the top of your head and making contact with the most vulnerable part of someone else's head, which is their face. Um, you know, once again, you don't need to kind of cock back your head to your neck. It's something that can be launched just from the standstill. And, you know, once again, you know, only if you're, let's say, an inch or two off that person's face with your own head, guess what? You can go ahead and you can launch that headbutt. It's going to do some really, really distractive and also destructive kind of damage, which is exactly what we're looking for to continue that onslaught. And, you know, why can, you know, why I keep on saying that is going back to that onslaught is because once again you're not just looking for that one move you know you're 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 actually launching many many kinds of different moves that's why i said don't ignore the elbows and knees but that's why that headbutt is that great kind of one inch kind of punch power that we're looking for and also if you really take a look at it a lot of people are not looking for the headbutt they're not expecting the headbutt they're expecting to be you know, pushed and shoved with the hands or maybe kicked or kneed or something like that. So that, therefore, that headbutt is going to be very, very open. Hmm. Yeah, and that's not typically a go-to move for a lot of people, but it, it can be really devastating. You know, people can see videos of people getting knocked out very easily with that kind of attack. So that makes a lot of sense. You know, Matt, it's, it's pretty typical that in a real fight, when two, you know, two fighters are really in that close quarters combat distance, one of both of them is going to end up grabbing onto the other person while they're standing up. Sometimes it's just to keep their balance or sometimes it's on purpose to be able to grapple with them in order to get in a good strike or, or try and take them down to the ground. And grappling range is one of those areas that Jeet Kune Do really excels at, I think. So what's one tactic that you can share with us that works well in this, in this scenario if you're struggling with somebody standing up that can give you an opportunity to be able to strike them? Absolutely. Well, I mean, grappling range is one of those things that is probably going to happen in a real-life altercation. Once again, you're going to get intertwined and locked up with someone, just like I talked about, you know, talked about a little bit earlier. Um, you know, what we want to do is we want to go ahead and we want to make sure that we start freeing up our own hands, our own limbs, and we can only do that if the person who is attacking us starts paying attention to something else other than grabbing us. And therefore, the tool that I would really advise people to go to is a simple eye rake or an eye gouge. Now, I know some people might be cringing a little bit, but once again, we're talking about a real-life altercation. The second reason I would really want to bring in the eye gouges or the eye rake, and I'll talk about the difference about that in just in a second, is, is because it reprioritizes what's important in the attacker's mind. If the attacker first had the priority to go ahead and attack you, therefore they want to do damage to you, we have to go ahead and we have to turn the tables on that. The only way we're going to do that is by going ahead and attacking something that's very, very valuable to them. So that's why I say the eye rake or the eye gouge. Now, the difference between the two is is that one move you're 
you're simply just going ahead and you're scraping your finger or let's say your thumb right across the eye. The second idea is is that you can go ahead and gouge. And the reason why I really like this tool is because we can go ahead and we can injure to a degree. If you're going to go ahead and you're going to take your thumb and just scratch it against someone's cornea, that is going to be obviously a lesser injured, uh, injuring to a degree. If you want to do some serious damage, once again, you are fearing severe bodily harm and or death. You want to go ahead and you want to go to that gouge. But why I like using that kind of particular tool is because, once again, it changes the priority of the attacker. I mean, I always say, you know, the real kind of goal in self-defense is that you want to go ahead and you want to change the psychology of the fight. And what I'm talking about here is, is that, once again, you want to make sure that the person cares now more about their own safety as opposed to the original reason they wanted to attack you, whether it be they wanted, let's say, you know, your money or they wanted to go ahead and do damage to you or they wanted to get in your car or get in your house or they wanted to get your wife or kids or whatever the fact is. So by reprioritizing, once again, we have to use a tool that is held in very, very high kind of regard in their mind. And I think someone's eyeball, meaning someone's vision, would probably take the cake on that one. Yeah, and the other thing I like about it is that you don't have to even see where their eyes are. Like, even if they're in, you're struggling around with them standing up, you can pretty much just know with your eyes closed and feel your way up to where their head is and then just rake their eyes. So there's a lot. It, it's, it does make it very simple, even if it's a worst-case scenario and, and somebody's getting the best of you. So that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think it really comes down to just realizing that once again, you know, uh, you know, when, when you talk about a real life attack, a real life street attack, it isn't just this kind of rock'em sock'em robot kind of, you mm -hmm. know, feeding sharp punches back and forth. There's going to be intertwined locking on up. And that's why I kind of start off my answer by saying, we need to make sure we free up the limbs. And what that means is, is that what we're doing is we're going ahead and, you know, if, if, if someone is bent on grabbing us, punching us, and then all of a sudden we start going after our targets or an area of the body that's very, very important to them, where are their hands going to naturally go? It's going to be to protect that particular area on their body, therefore freeing up not only if they're grabbing you or trying to punching you, but also, once again, it is redirecting where their attention is going. If their attention is now up on protecting their face, well, there's going to be other valuable targets on them that is going to be very, very open. Yeah, yeah. You know, as, as effective as we're talking about with that Jeet Kune Do really is, especially like in these cl in close quarters combat, it's really hard to come by these schools. Like, I don't know of a single school even near me, and I live, you know, just outside of Austin, Texas, within probably an hour from where I'm at, which is why I'm a big fan of video training. Sure. Because it's cheap, you can do it on your own time, you can do it in your own home, and I, and I love this kind of stuff. So I know you have a DVD series that shows people – exactly how to use these JKD tactics in a real street fight. But what's the, best, what's the best way for someone to use these videos to train in order to get the most out of them, especially if there's, there's no one there as an instructor to correct mistakes? I think the biggest kind of motivator that I had when I made these DVDs in this program was, was that I saw a lot of different programs, and, 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 and it wasn't necessarily picking on one particular art. This could be in Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu. It could be in some kind of you know, elite kind of military art or some kind of even traditional martial art. I just saw like the instructor throwing up information as far as not being organized in their curriculum. And, you know, the big secret I think that my program really exposes is, and not just that, but it leads to more effective and more efficient training, is the fact that it relies on what we call progressive training. Um, you know, instead of just going ahead and going to YouTube and let's say just, you know, taking a look at a whole bunch of techniques, 
what I try to do in my program is, is that I always start with the concept of the lesson. You know, what is the focus? What do we want out of this particular lesson? Then the next step that I take is, is going from the concept to the technique. And I'm not just going ahead and teaching, let's say, 30 different techniques. We're focusing on the creme de la creme kinds of techniques and moves that work for the vast majority of the people in the vast majority of the situations. Um, from the technique, we then teach drilling, and then from drilling, we then lead it to what we call scenario work or scenario sparring, and that kind of brings it to the real world. And so that is what I do within my program is, is that I, you know, is that I teach all of the students progressively. So I don't care if you're someone who you know, who has a bunch of experience or if you have no experience whatsoever, it's a great program because it starts people from where everybody needs to get started, where it is the concept, it's the principle. From there, then we just start building up technique, then the drilling, then the scenario work and or sparring. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, and I've seen the videos as well, and they are really easy to understand, even if nobody has any martial arts experience. Um, and I think that's really critical, like you said, starting with the concept, even knowing why you would do a certain technique to begin with. Like, right. what's purpose? what purpose does it have? What advantage is it going to give you against an ambush attack? Anything like that, like understanding the reasons why helps to kind of think really start that process in the brain of cementing it in as, okay, because you don't know how you're going to be attacked, but okay, so when I'm attacked this way, here's the things I'm going to go through, here are the the challenges I'm going to have, here are the opportunities I'm going to have. Understanding those concepts, I think, is is critical even before the technique. And you're right, you, you don't see that a lot. So, so well, awesome. yeah, yeah. I mean, and, you know, I mean, if, and, you know, if I could just add one more thing yeah. here is, is that just like we were talking about before, kind of what I started this whole podcast off with is that you don't know how you're going to be attacked, and so that's why we don't start with technique. We have to start with the principles and concepts because those things can always be adaptable. And I think that's what Bruce Lee really. I think that's probably one of his main contributions to the martial arts world is, is that, you know, once again, you know, I mean, I, I mean, I know your background as far as, you know, your con, uh, you know, your combat experience goes and the same with me as well. And I think one thing we have to realize is, is that, you know, the situations, the scenarios, they're not going to adapt for us. You know, our principles, our concepts, those are the ones that have to be adaptable to, you know, to go ahead and to be replicated for whatever kind of situation that we see ourselves in. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Awesome. All right. Cool, man. Well, I appreciate you uh, spending some time with us here. Now, listen, everyone, definitely go and check out Matt's DVDs. I mean, they're going to show you how to actually put these things into effect as well as a whole bunch of other techniques that you can learn from the system as well. You can go over and find those at www.jkdstreetfighter.com. And until our next Modern Combat and Survival broadcast, this is Jeff Anderson saying train hard, stay safe, prepare now. This has been Modern Combat and Survival. We hope you've enjoyed the show. You can help us out by rating our podcast on iTunes and leaving a comment. You can check us out on Facebook at facebook.com backslash Modern Combat and Survival. And don't forget to claim your free subscription to Modern Combat and Survival magazine at www.moderncombatandsurvival.com. Lock and load. And we'll see you next time. This has been Modern Combat and Survival.